Without you, Lord, we are truly nothing. Without you, we are truly lost. But with you, we have everything that we needed. For you are our shepherd. And because of who you are, we have more than enough. So Father, once again, may you remind us and help us to be desperate for you. Because, oh Lord, as your word said, in you we move, in you we live, and we have our total being. So how can we live our lives without you? So help us, Lord Jesus, to walk our lives according to your will and to walk by faith that we should abide with you and your word will abide in us for you are the vine, we are just the branches. So Lord, whatever it takes, cut off what you needed to be cut off, prune that is more, as your word said, for we will abide with you in our allegiance is with you forever and ever as long as we all we have life as long as we walk in this journey and we will not and we shall not walk by fear for you will be with us until the end so give us once again the blessing that is appropriate for every single one of us that you remember our children remember our families in their salvation, that their names will be written in the book of life. That you remember those that are hurting and suffering with pain, that you will touch them, O oh Lord, and heal their diseases, and heal, O oh Lord, those that are sick, especially we live of Brother Rocky, because he's been a part of this ministry and been a part of this body. We leave him up to you, that you will uphold him with your right victorious hand and let every single cell of his body will be revived in the mighty name of Jesus that you will give him a brand new heart in Jesus name thank you Lord Jesus Amen. I'm thankful for all the opening and stuff I'm just thankful for it you know things don't always have to go as planned they don't always have to go a certain way well, that's so boring but let the Lord move let the Lord move. You know, we're not... The coming of the Lord is... The Lord is coming. I mean, that's just how it, how it is. The Lord's coming. And, and there's no urgency. Like, we're not to be caught off guard. Nobody knows the day or the hour, but nobody... We're not to be caught off guard like the unbeliever. We can see the times. We can see the times. But you have to stay close to Him because... People are going to give heed to doctrines of devils. And you will be deceived. Why? Because you don't want to know the truth. Right? Because if you want to know the truth, you push after him. Because it says if you seek him, you will find him. Amen. Think about that. But if you're not seeking him and you're getting comfortable in Christianity, and you're just busy, 
then you have a great chance of being deceived because you're just searching after, you know, it's, it's just one of those things to where you got to sell out. And you, people have done that at different points in their life. And this is what, this wasn't even in anything I was going to say. It's just, God can change everything in, in this moment right here. Do you guys, are you guys, are you guys aware of the moment that we're in right now? Like this moment right here, God can shift everything. God can change everything. Everything that you've been praying for, things can just fall off. Things, you can have joy, you can have peace. There's a peace in here right now, but there's, the peace has been lingering here for the last couple of weeks. There's a, there's a peace here. There's a, there's a closeness here. Can you feel the closeness? And that's because he loves us. Not, we're not good. We're not good. And I just wrote down in the notes earlier today, I want to, let's just pray for the world. I mean, we can see all these things happening. The Euphrates River drying up, she said. You know, the Taiwan earthquake, you know, the Caribbean was just devastated with another hurricane. We see Haiti being set on fire in two major cities. You have China and U.S. on the brink of war. You have typhoons going through the Philippines. I mean, you have earthquakes everywhere. You have the enemy destroying mines here. I mean, it's pretty serious. You would think the church would be filled up more. And look, if you look at Israel, it was always a remnant that God saved. You know, I, I pray to God that there's a revival, there's a there's a worldwide awakening. I pray. I pray that there is because for everybody's sake, because he loves the world. Lord, we just pray for the world right now, Lord. Lord, there's lots of turmoil going on, Heavenly Father. There's wars, rumors of wars. There's famines, Lord. There's people, there's Christians dying at more of a rate now than when Jesus was here. Lord, help us, Lord Jesus. The persecution in Africa and the Middle East over Christians, our brothers and sisters of Christ, is real. Lord, wake up the American church, Lord. The American church has been lulled to sleep, Lord. Everybody right now can understand that it was, like it's like fast forward, Lord. A couple years ago, we were so far off, we wouldn't have dreamed what we see now, Lord. Lord, forgive us, Lord. Forgive us for falling asleep. Forgive us for being too blessed to move. Forgive us for being too busy to seek you. Forgive us for knowing it all. Forgive us for not having a prayer life. Forgive us for walking in self-righteousness. Forgive us of sin. Lord, help us. We can see lawlessness and the challenge to authority in this country. You can see how the closer we get to this November election, I pray that you're praying over the election already. Lord, we know that the devil is wanting to take you out of everything, take you out of the thoughts of schools, the government, out of the thoughts of children. 
I mean, could you have ever thought that we would see drag queens going and reading to children in libraries? I mean, that's real. That's not a conspiracy theory. Can you ever believe that they would be pushing pedophilia? That's real. Do not be ignorant of the times that we're living in. Lord, forgive us, Lord. We praise you and we thank you in Jesus' name. The thing about deception is you don't know you're being deceived. I mean, this wasn't even... Look at Eve in the garden. No one had ever been mean to her. No one had ever yelled at her. No one had ever mistreated her. She was without sin. And the enemy was able to deceive her. Think, of, think about that. That should blow our minds. What did he say to Jesus? If you are the Son of God. He already knew he was. But he wanted to do what he does. Deceive. That's why it's so important that you take your thoughts captive. Take them captive. If they don't line up with the Lord, take them captive and cast them down and say, no, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with you. I mean, they walked and they talked with the presence of God daily. These times will get overwhelming, I believe. It's going to, it's going to take a total reliance on the Lord. But in times like this, if you look in the Bible, how does God move? How, how does he restore? He finds people that that are less, I mean, they don't look up to the challenge, but they are because he looks at the heart. I mean, look at, Pete's been talking about Nehemiah in Bible study. Look at Nehemiah. He, wasn't, he was a, a cupbearer. He had a prayer life. God used somebody that had a prayer life. Not, he wasn't a career politician. He wasn't Billy Graham going everywhere, preaching everywhere. Mm-hmm. He used him because he was willing. Amen. Nothing about his appearance and everything like that was anything to look for. But, you know, the title, if I had one, God always uses the least likely. And God's willing in this day and age to use the least likely person. If you, right. if you start with Moses, she mentioned Exodus earlier. Exodus 3, 1 through 22. Exodus 3, 1 through 22. Think about this. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock back to the desert, and he came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire in the midst of a bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will turn aside and see this great sight. Why the bush does not burn? So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then he said, do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off of your feet. For the place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt. And I've heard their cry because of their taskmasters. For I know their sorrows. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. And to bring them up from the land to a good and large land. To a land flowing with milk and honey. 
So the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me. And I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? That's what we always do. And that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt. So he said, I will certainly be with you. And this shall be a sign to you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Then Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel, say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they say, What is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus you shall say, say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Moreover, God said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, The Lord, God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial to all generations. Go and gather the elders of Israel together and say to them, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob, appeared to me, saying, I have surely visited you, seen what is done to you in Egypt. And I have said, I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt and the land of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites to a land flowing with milk and honey. Then they will heed your voice and you shall come. And the elders of Israel to the king of Egypt, and you shall say to them, the Lord God of the Hebrews has met with us. And now, please, let us Go three days journey into the wilderness that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. But I'm sure that the king of Egypt will not let you go. No, not even by a mighty hand. So I will stretch out my hand and strike Egypt with all my wonders, which I will do in its midst. And after that, he will let you go. And I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. And it shall be when you go that you shall go, not go empty-handed. But every woman shall ask of her neighbor, namely, of her who dwells in her house, articles of silver, articles of gold, and clothing. And you shall put them on your sons and daughters, so you shall plunder the Egyptians. And then if you turn to um, Exodus 4, 1 through 17, but this is what we do. God's literally showing up in a, in a burning bush, and he goes, who am I that I should go? I mean, you're talking to God, and God's telling you to go. Who? What What is a human to say that to him? Who, who am I to go? But then he goes on in Exodus 4, 1 through 17, Then Moses answered and said, But suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice. Now, he has God right in front of him, and he's saying this to God. Because why? That's what our hearts, that's what we do. That's what we do. We get a nice revelation. Somebody comes and speaks a word of knowledge into your life. Somebody comes and gives you a, a, say, I had a vision. This is where you should go. And you're happy about it when you get that knowledge. But then you, you turn around and you leave and then doubt starts to come in. And you're like, why would he do that for me? Who am I? But then you, you, your flesh starts to kick in. Then Moses' flesh starts to kick in. But, who, but suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice. 
Suppose they say, the Lord has not appeared to you. So the Lord said to him, what, what is that in your hand? He said, a rod. And he said, cast it on the ground. So he cast it on the ground and it became a serpent. And Moses fled from it. I, I laugh at that because that, I, would, I would run from it too. But no, that just shows you how, carnal, how much carnality he has. That just shows you he's just like you and me. Then the Lord said to Moses, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. And he reached out his hand and caught it, and it became a rod in his hand. That they may believe that the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has appeared to you. Furthermore, the Lord said to him, now put your hand in your bosom. And he put his hand in his bosom. And when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous like snow. And he said, put your hand in your bosom again. So he put it in his bosom again and drew it out of his bosom. And behold, it was restored like the other flesh. Then it will be, if they do not believe you, nor heed the message of the first sign, they will believe the message of the latter sign. And it shall be, if they do not believe even these two signs, or listen to your voice, then you shall take water from the river and pour it on dry land. The water which you take from the river will become blood on the dry land. Then Moses said to the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent. See, his flesh is kicking in. Neither before, since... You have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. God already knows your shortcomings before he calls you. God already knew. You didn't think God didn't know in the burning bush that Moses couldn't speak? But that's what we do. And, you know, it takes a lot of courage to say this to God. So the Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth? You think Lord would have just been like your heel, but he didn't do that, right? He didn't do that. Or who makes the mute, the deaf, the seen, or the blind? Have not I, the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with your mouth, and will teach you what you shall say. But he said, Oh my Lord, please send by the hand of whoever else you may send. So you're having this amazing revelation with the Lord, and you're still talking to him about how you don't really believe, and how you, he's made a mistake by picking you. So the anger of the Lord burned, kindled against Moses. And he said, is not Aaron the Levite your brother? I know that he can speak well. And look, he is also coming out to meet you. When he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. Now you shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth. And I will be with your mouth and with his mouth. And I will teach you what you shall do. So he shall be your spokesman to the people. And he himself shall be a mouth for you, and you shall be to him as God, and you shall take this rod in your hand with what you shall do the signs. God's doing something amazing here. He's telling him all he wants to do. You think Moses would have been like, great, God, you want to bring my people out of, out of captivity. I've seen them for many of years. I've seen them for 80 years. They've, they've been beaten. They've been ruined. I mean, for even longer than 80 years. Lord, thank you. You would think that, but he didn't. He did what we all would do. I would say, Lord, I'm not qualified. If the Lord showed up to me, I'd have been like, Lord, I'm not qualified. And that's what most of us would do. We would all do what Moses did, especially at being 80 years old. So he's 80 years old. He's living with his father-in-law. And his brother Aaron's 83 years old. So isn't that comical that the Lord would call them? So the Lord's telling them, okay, you 80-year-old and you 83-year-old, go to the 
the, the toughest military power of the day. Go to the toughest military on earth and say, let my people go. That's what he does. He takes the least and he makes them great. Why? Because he is the Lord. Look, he could have just stepped out of heaven himself and released the Israelites. But I'm going to tell you, there's not going to be any great like tearing away if we're not willing to do it. There's not going to be any great awakening in America unless we're all willing to get dirty. Like we've heard a lot of sermons. We have to do this. We can't just come here, take good notes, and then forget about what we said by the time we hit our cars. Because why? There's a dying world out there. There's a dying world out there that needs and wants to hear the gospel of Jesus. This is what God's saying. He doesn't care who you are. He will use you. He doesn't care how old you are. You never outrun the calling of God on your life. We understand that God has called us, but we start to doubt like Moses. This is nothing new. God already knew. But he was 80 years old, so and he, you know, he had been there for, I think, around 40 years. So he had probably long forgot about all this stuff. He was probably on the backside of the desert just hanging out. Another story we all know so well, the story of David. Not only was he the young man who had no military experience, but God used him to take down the giant that was oppressing the Israelite and defiling his God. Then God makes him king. His father didn't even call him to the meeting. Think about that. Look, let's read 1 Samuel 16. 1 Samuel 16, 6 through 13. 1 Samuel 6. 6 through 13. So it was when they came, they looked at Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his outward appearance or his physical stature, because that's what the Lord doesn't look at, because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see a man, as see as a man sees. For man looks at outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And Samuel said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. Then Jesse made Shammah pass by, and he said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. Thus Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen any of these. And Samuel said to Jesse, Are, are all the young men here? It's like they almost forgot about David. But guess what? God's choosing the least likely. And he's doing it today, too. He always does that to restore it. Then he said, there remains the, the yet the youngest. And there he is, keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, send and bring him, for we, we will not sit down until he comes here. So he sent and brought him in. And he was ruddy, with bright eyes, and good looking. And the Lord said, arise, anoint him, for this is the one. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel arose and went to Ramah. Do you imagine what his brothers thought? After he wasn't even invited to the, the party, they go get him and he's anointed king. Do you think about what how awesome God is? That God knows your situation right where you are? He knows my situation. He knows when I cry out. He knows when you cry out. He is just like this. He hasn't forgot about you. You may not be at everybody else's party, but he is saying he is calling for you. 
He knows where you are right now. We can get wrapped up into thinking that we can sulk and the enemy can come and just try to deceive us. Oh, you're not, he's not hearing your prayers. Why are you praying so much for? Why are you trying so hard? You're not saved. David's father didn't even think enough to have him at the meeting. I mean, Samuel had to ask him, do you have anybody else? Because that's what God does. God calls an 80-year-old man, an 83-year-old man, a young boy to defeat a giant with a stone, with a slingshot. I can't even make this stuff up. And then we all know about Gideon in Judges 6, 3 through 16. Gideon said to him, oh my, he does it again. He has the Moses complex, I'll call it. Gideon said to him, oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, then why has this happened to us? And where are all his miracles, which our fathers told us about, saying, Do not, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. So he's complaining in his own mind. Sometimes if you get complaining, God's going to have you go do what you're, you're complaining about. So he's complaining, hey, Lord, you brought us out of Egypt to be taken captive by these other groups. And God goes, okay, you go take care of it. So he said to him, oh, Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. What I, find it e what I find amazing about this or interesting is all three of these stories, they talk to God like face to face. There was no word of knowledge given to anybody else. You know, David was the only one when he was going to defeat Goliath that says, I know the Lord's with me. You may come at me with short spear and javelin, but I come at you in the name of the Lord. The other two didn't even really want to go. And David, if the Lord wouldn't have called David, or if Samuel wouldn't have called David, then he wouldn't have been anointed. Listen, never think God's forgot about you. Look, because we listen to the wrong thing sometimes, which spirit are you listening to? Which spirit are you listening to? Because look, you, the negative thoughts, once you open that floodgate, they'll continue to come until you shut them off. That's why it's so important to renew your mind with Christ, to renew it, to renew it, renew your mind, renew your mind. You guys know that. Look, there's a downward pool out there. Right when you leave here and get away from all of our brothers and sisters in Christ, you have to decide how much of the Lord you want. There's nobody else that's going to decide how much of the Lord you get but you. And it's so important. God's calling us like he called Gideon. God's calling us like he called Moses. Nehemiah. You know what I was thinking too? You know, in 1 Corinthians, I think, 125, when Paul's talking about God's, you know, the weakest or the weakness of God is weaker, or the, the weakness of God is stronger than human weakness. Yeah, that verse and Yeah. And you know what? You know, you start thinking about that. How is he weak? You know why he, what makes him weak? It's us. 
He's weak for us. Because he tries, to, he does it through us. He wants to do it through you. Amen. He wants to do it through me. He wants to save your family. You might be the only reason your family makes it to eternity. There might be nobody else that comes along and plants a seed. But they see you change. They see you have a real divine encounter with God. This is not fake stuff. I'm telling you what, we're here laying hands on each other in the mornings. The Lord is moving. It's become our favorite part of prayer. We're putting a chair right here. Every morning. And we're all getting around each other and laying hands. Do you know how that makes your day start? When you leave here, you feel like, I can conquer the world. Then your flesh starts saying, did he really say that? But then you're able to withstand. And then you're singing all day long. You're thanking him all day long. Let's all come up front. Let's just let's just take a moment to pray. Let's let's just take the next five minutes and seek His face more. I mean, we could pray until eight thirty. I don't care. Well, however, everybody wants to stay. Let's just where two or three are gathered in His name. He's right here. They might have had. God face to face, but they don't have the Holy Spirit like we have the Holy Spirit. God is able to meet any need that you have. God is able to deliver you out of whatever stronghold you're facing. But he wants the glory. Don't give his glory to anyone else. And we all know that all the spiritual gifts are good, but it's they're from God. We're not to worship spiritual gifts. And they're only done through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives power. God loves giving us gifts. Look, that's why he gives us gifts to go you know, lead a generation to him. But we're not to worship gifts. We're not to worship speaking in tongues. We're not to worship these things. We're to use them. But we understand that it's through the Holy Spirit that all this is achieved. Lord, just touch this place tonight. Touch hearts, Lord. Protect minds, Lord. Lord, don't let people just come here and be zombies or and, and, and just not get anything out of the service, Lord. Touch every heart tonight, Lord. Lord, we, we, I know that you're working on hearts and minds right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, I know you're breaking things off, people, in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord cares for you. The Lord cares for you. The Lord cares for each and every person here. Every cry, every tear, every worry that you've had, he cares for you. He cares when you're oppressed, like he heard the Israelites in Egypt. Lord, thank you, Heavenly Father. We, we just praise your holy name. Lord, I just pray peace over everybody's heart. I pray peace over everybody's mind. Lord, the private battles in the secret place, Lord, touch them, Lord. Touch their hearts. Touch their minds, Lord. Break things off. We don't agree. We don't come into an agreement with anything with the kingdom of darkness. Are any mindsets of the kingdom of darkness? We rebuke them now in the mighty name of Jesus. We, they have no power over us. We push into what God's call. I, we are children of God. We are hidden with Christ. We are seated in heavenly places. You are the head and not the tail. Does somebody hear me tonight? You have power in Jesus Christ. You don't have to be bound. Walk out of those grave clothes in the name of Jesus. Walk out. Oh, Lord, thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Lord, we approach the throne of grace boldly right now, Lord. And it says, make your requests known. You make your requests known and you approach his, his throne boldly. 
Lord, not, we're not cocky. We're not prideful, Lord. We understand that it's you that does everything. Lord, touch us. Lord, heal us. Break us free. Lord, I pray against deception. If you're deceived, I pray that God un makes you undeceived. Lord, I pray that everybody here is on the right path and goes to heaven. Heaven is the goal, Lord. Spend eternity with, is the goal. Get our families to heaven is the goal. No matter what the enemy throws at us in this life, the end result is the same. It's heaven. Lord, we pray that we walk, we walk according to your plan, Lord. No other plan, Lord. We walk according to what heaven has for us, not what the enemy has for us. Lord, that we speak over our lives what you have for us, not what anybody else has for us. That we don't come into an agreement with things that are demonic, Lord. Lord, this is a demonic age, Lord, that we're living in. But you are stronger, Lord. You are stronger. You are mighty. You are the God of uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Lord, we praise you, Lord. We thank you, Heavenly Father. You are worthy in this place. Lord, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Change us. Break us free from bad mindsets, Lord. From Break us free from mindsets that will keep us out of heaven. Oh, Lord, this is so important. These nights are so important. This time right here is so important. If you could really see how important Wednesday night is. It's not just another night. Lord, touch hearts. Touch the deepest part of the heart right now in Jesus' name. Protect minds. Cover minds. Lord, put the helmet of salvation on people's minds. The shield of faith. The breastplate of righteousness. The, the belt of truth. The, the shoes of peace. Shield of faith. And praying in the spirit. Lord, we rebuke any attacks on the families here in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray protection over the family right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for everybody watching right now that they'll be healed in the name of Jesus. Oh, Lord, heal our pastor. Heal all of our minds. Heal us from our past. Heal us, Lord, heal us from the fear of our future. Lord Jesus, may we walk in, in, in trust in you. Give us trust in you in the name of Jesus. Lord, we praise you, Lord, and we thank you, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we say amen.